Hello, I'm Tracy Carlton Ward and this is Sweat, Grit and Hustle. On this week's show, I'm doing a short caffeine cast uh, with a little bit of sweetener because we are talking all about possibility thinking and the visionary mindset. It's quite an interesting day, actually. So I'm recording this about a week before it goes out. (laughs) We're in the middle of Storm Eunice. So if you hear a bit of noise in the background, things crashing, don't panic. It's only the trees falling down around us. (laughs) Oh, great, isn't it? Anyway, I trust for you everything was okay following the storms. So possibility thinking. What is it? What does it mean? Well, if we look up on a dictionary definition of possibility thinking, it's the envisioning of something that doesn't exist, but through individual and collective efforts might happen. So if we think about this, that's anything that currently exists but previously didn't because it's man-made, not natural, was an idea in somebody's mind at one stage. So think about right now, I'm sat on, on my chair in front of my table in my studio and somebody at some point had to have a thought or an idea, a little bit of possibility thinking What if instead of sitting on the ground or a rock, we made a nice cushioned base with at least three legs so that it doesn't fall over so that people can sit in comfort? Likewise with the table. What if we suddenly, instead of using this big flat lump of rock, what if we got some wood off the trees, put it into a flat surface and use the same idea as the chair with the legs and actually created something to work from that wasn't at ground level. So all of those things are examples of something that currently exists, but were once simply a little bit of possibility thinking in somebody's mind. Now, the thing with all this possibility thinking is... Us humans tend to have a rather negatively focused mind. By default, as humans, we'll be like, you know, thinking of a new business idea. Yeah, but what if the bank won't lend us the money to do it? Yeah, but what if we get no customers? Yeah, but what if we're on the wrong part of the high street? So we go down all the things that could go wrong. That's just part of the human psyche. Um, And we always float towards negative. Even the people that have sussed this, they will go back and float towards the negative connotations, often before they think of the possible connotations of what could go right. You know, what if the sky goes (laughs) grey? What if the sky falls in? What if the tree falls down in the garden? You know the sort of stuff I'm talking about. You see, our brains are always growing, so to speak. And with practice, with habit, we can develop a little more 
look at the positive type mentality. And that's just what we call, you know, possibility mindset, visionary mindset, whatever you want to name it. Um, and that's where for me, this possibility thinking came to lead down the road of this is a bit like visioning. Because when we sit down to vision, where many of us will find a quiet space, we'll close our eyes and we will start to dream. We will start to consider all the things that could be. What do we want this company to be? What do we want it to give us? What What's my dream home look like? You know, where do I want to be in five years time? It's almost like our brains suddenly realize we're sat down in a quiet space, we've closed our eyes and you're starting to think of dreams and what you want in life. It, it seems to stay away from the negatives as much. So visioning for me is actually a realm of possibility thinking. So, you know, I, what we're doing is instead of focusing on the realities of life as it is, this possibility thinking is about allowing yourself to envision life's possibilities, to dream big, but be willing to think outside the box and beyond the current reality to get to that vision, that dream, that possibility. Um, and if we think about visioning, the top CEOs do it, guys. I went on and I searched, do top CEOs vision? And it came up with, yeah, here are the top five things that top CEOs do. Number one, visioning. Cash, people, key business relationships and learning. They're the top five things that CEOs will focus on. And I'm not saying every CEO will focus on that. I'm not saying every business owner will focus on that. But that's sort of a consensus that the successful ones do. And, you know, the number one action of visioning for a company CEO, director, you know, managing director, owner, whatever, is about sitting down and looking at their vision, spending time defining that vision for the company. And they do that often long before that vision is a reality, long before they've even actually got the company up and running in many cases. So it just shows to, you know, it just shows you if you are looking at getting into business right now, or you're already in business and you're looking at how you grow, how you take it the next level, you know, how you get it to where you want it to be to sustain the life you want to have, then this visioning and possibility thinking is the brilliant sweetener to what you're doing. So I want to finish today's little caffeine cast with a couple of little examples to show you that this happens all over. There are some wonderful stories out there that have come from this space of possibility thinking and having a vision. And it's not just in the realm of business, it, you know, it, it's in anything. So I want to take you back, if, if you're as old as me, if you're not, you may not have even been born at this time, but I want to take you back to 1995. And to the president of South Africa, the amazing, enigmatic, absolutely awe-inspiring Nelson Mandela. He was partway through his presidency 
1995, South Africa were going to be the host nation for something called the Rugby World Cup. And a year or so before the actual World Cup itself, you know, the South Africa knew they were going to host it, but it hadn't yet happened. Um, the South African Springbok team were doing absolutely abysmally. Um, they weren't winning games. Things were going wrong. There was lots going on in the country at that time. And I'm not going into the politics of it all, but the country was divided. Um, and Nelson had this vision, this possibility. What if rugby was the thing that brought this nation together as one? What if this became something that unites everybody in all their differences? And, you know, that was part of the vision, I'm guessing, that Nelson had, because he was certainly going against what his advisors were saying in regards to the Springbok team and their name, their colours, the whole lot. So Nelson shared that possibility with the captain of the South African Springboks in 1995's World Cup team. And in turn, he shared it and slowly got that into the minds of his teammates. And host nation, World Cup year happens. Prior to that, they, let's face it, prior to that, they, they were diabolical. Yeah. 1995, the team come together. They get through the qualifying, you know, they're automatically in the World Cup because they're hosts. They get through all the different stages and they are in the World Cup final. And this was a bunch of burly rugby players who at the start of all this, most of them were in a defeatist mode. They did not for one minute believe the possibility or share the vision that Nelson Mandela and this coach were were basically trying to bring them on board with. But suddenly they've got way beyond the, the, the levels they thought they were going to be. And the rival in that World Cup final was none other than New Zealand's All Blacks. One of the greatest teams in the world at the time and during the World Cup. I mean, I guess the All Blacks still are one of the greatest teams, aren't they? Um, but during this 1995 World Cup, the All Blacks had gone through with massive, massive margins in score against the teams they'd played through the quarterfinals, the semifinals, into the final. You know, in some cases, they'd got scores of over 100 to teams who'd got like less than 20. So big margins. And the South Africans were facing these rivals. I mean, even the little sort of routine that the New Zealand team do at the start of any match is enough to scare most people. Anyway, the final goes on. It's really close. And it's almost in, you know, they go into extra time. And South Africa, against all odds, against many people's beliefs a year earlier, won the World Cup... 15 to 12 and it, it's quite interesting that that match 
became a hugely symbolic moment of South African history for lots of reasons. And it's all portrayed in a film called Invictus. But it shows you the power of that vision, of that possibility. And when the captain was asked by the media at the end of the match what it felt like to have however many thousand people there were in the stadium, Ellis Park Stadium, I think it was held in. He was asked, what did it feel like to have all those people behind you? And the captain answered something amazing. I'm going on the film and the quotes. But it was literally, I didn't have X thousand people behind me. I had the support of 58 million people of my nation. And that that belief is it's just oh I tell you the film's great actually, um, and I do like rugby. I don't watch it all the time, but I do love it. So I love that little example of our visioning and possibility thinking that started in the mind of one man, shared with another man, passed on to an entire team, and then on to an entire nation. That's how powerful this little bit of sweetener in the caffeine cast is. And then to end it, my second example for you is a struggling young actor in New York. He's been going around doing the auditions, trying to get parts in movies and TV to no avail. It hasn't been working and he really is struggling. So he makes a decision. He's going to up sticks, move from New York to California, uh, to the heart of Hollywood and the movie industry there. And during this time of struggling as an actor, he's written a story and a screenplay. And he starts to take his screenplay round in order to get a part. So here's the possibility thinking, going full speed. If I write a screenplay with a great story and they take my screenplay, I get a part. So off he goes to California, he's still auditioning, but he's also now going around the studios with his screenplay. And he does indeed get a studio to want to take on his screenplay. They love the story. They think it'll make a great movie. And um, they offer him $350,000, the story goes, to actually take his screenplay, which $350,000 at the era when this was happening was a lot of money for anyone, let alone a struggling actor. But this actor's possibility thinking and vision was powerful enough for him to turn that money down. There was, well, there probably was some thinking of what if I don't get offered anything else? This could be my only shot. I'm turning down $350,000. That could keep me going for a very long time. The possibility thinking that no, What if I kept going and somebody took the screenplay and me? You know, the big thing for most of the studios was they loved his story, but this was an unknown actor and he's wanting to be the main character in this, this screenplay, this film. But he did just that. He turned the studio down, said no to the $350,000 and carried on his quest to actually bring his vision into existence. And sure enough, he did. A studio offered him a million dollars to actually not only have the screenplay, but they took the chance 
and they, you know, this struggling unknown actor became the lead character in what many will consider to be one of the great films, you know, of, of our time, so to speak. And that actor was the amazing Sylvester Stallone. Amazing because of his vision. Amazing because of his possibility thinking. And um, yeah, got a million dollars. Screenplay and became the lead character in the Rocky Balboa series. And that went on to have several films, grossed a lot of money for the studio. And, you know, that vision did not exist. And the possibility thinking moved it into a space where it did exist. And sometimes, you know, there's going to be times when there are doubts, when that ego mind cannot see how this possibility is going to come to fruition, cannot see how you're going to achieve that vision. And so we want to bring you back to the comfort zone, to the safety and security of what you know in your current reality. Um, But by using possibility thinking, we go beyond that. So a couple of lovely stories to sweeten up this caffeine cast around possibility thinking and the visionary mindset. So if you're out there, you've got a business idea or you've got something you want to do with the business you already have to take it to the next level, then find a quiet place, close your eyes and do what the top CEOs, the most amazing, inspirational people in this world like Nelson Mandela and some very successful people like the successful actor Sylvester Stallone do. Create your vision with a little bit of possibility thinking and bring it into existence. I trust you've enjoyed this little journey with me and we will see you next time. To keep up with what we're doing and what's coming on Sweat, Grit and Hustle, do visit us at www.sweatgrithustle.com.